tonight with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, I get it. I do. I get it. I get it. I get it. We all live for the weekend, right? We wait all day for the night to come. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, see ya. Just get us to Friday. A lot of you people are like, get rid of January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Get us to September. Not me. I love every day. love every hour. love every minute. Especially when I'm surrounded by guys like R.J. Saunders. But today was absolutely masterful. If you were locked in the office, I apologize. How about the blue-collar workers of Jacksonville? Can we salute them? What an unbelievable day. Just spectacular. And frankly, it was a day that I didn't want to allow to get away. Uh, Just being outside, doing a bunch of things today, cutting the lawn, Always talk about Schmunez vision, outside cutting the lawn today, you know, wearing glasses. I uh, talked to the doc quite a bit. He tells me people come in all the time. You know, hit a twig here, brush, something in the grass, flew up. You're too cool. You know, you're not going to wear goggles. I get it. But uh, maybe you should go with the shades if you're outside doing it. If not, maybe you hire someone else to do your landscaping. I don't know. I've always enjoyed it. Breaking a sweat. It was hard to break a sweat today. It was like perfect. There was no humidity. Man, it was like 80 degrees. Yeah, I was jealous I wasn't on a beach. Yeah, I was jealous I wasn't on a golf course. If you were at either one of those two places or, I guess, anything else that would be even remotely close to that, congratulations. Uh, the final couple of days of February have been just outstanding. And, of course, that will continue tomorrow. Then we'll bring in March. Coming up on Friday. All right, it's great to have you with us. My name is Rick Ballou alongside R.J. Saunders with you tonight till 8. John Osher live from Indianapolis in less than one hour. Also, we're going to preview the Southern Swing. The PGA Tour begins down south, and they head our way. They'll go through Arnold and Bay Hill next week and then get here to the Players' Championship. We'll get to the Boston Capper, who always looks at things from a handicap perspective, uh, some one-on-one bets, everything else that he's got under his sleeve. uh, That's coming up later in the program as well. Uh, Report cards are out. And for the Jaguars, this is sensational. I am unfortunately consistent when it comes to finding surveys, finding, um, you know, charts, lists. I... I'm not a fan of lists, okay? I, and what I mean by that is is individual media uh, personality or media analyst lists. I, I think that they come out all the time during the offseason. And even though a lot of effort is put into it to actually put out a list, I think someone in my position who says, hey, there's a list out. Let's do that tonight on the radio. That's lazy. That's boring, right? I mean, you can walk anyone out and say, hey, you know, the top 10 quarterbacks right now in the NFL, here you and, and take someone else's list, right? I mean, it's, it is. I, th- I think it's all, I think it's a big part of mailing it in. I think it's a big part of, uh, you know, instead of giving you, you know, vintage uh, Pete Townsend 
guitar solo. It's a Tuesday night in Tulsa, and they just kind of kind of mail it in. You understand what I'm trying to say? That that's the way lists are to me. But when you go to the people and you go to such things as betonline.com and and uh, what chat uh, GPT and and all that stuff they came up with with the with the fans, the toughest fans in the NFL, the weakest fans in the NFL, and the Jaguars were dead last, right? And there's been some other things that have come down. It just feels like no matter what the situation is, Jacksonville gets punched right in the mouth. Not today. And the source is none other than the National Football League Players Association, the NFLPA, who last year, the voting comes in from the players. Right, and they vote on all of the uh, the criteria that is listed. I think there's ten or different, uh, ten or eleven different things that they are supposed to give a grade to, an A through an F. And you know, one season ago, Jacksonville came in twenty third out of thirty two teams. Today, this same organization comes in fifth overall, and for the most part. You can put this on the addition of the Miller Electric Center, which has become state-of-the-art. It is the best facility in the world. or It is the best facility, professionally speaking, athletically, in anything that you have, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, or NFL. I've seen plenty of them. I thought Minnesota a few years ago, and we traveled there, practice with the Vikings for a couple of days. I thought that facility uh, was really nice. The Miller Electric Center blows it away, okay? I mean, if you've ever taken a tour, and I'm just not talking about the two outdoor practice, you know, the two outdoor um, practice fields and the one indoor practice field. If you were lucky enough to go out there during the month of August, you were able to take that in. But I've been through it all. I, I've I've seen it top to bottom, and everything from the size of the washing machines to their ability to uh, rehabilitate and treat and just everything you could think of and so much more is just masterful. It's, it's state-of-the-art, and this becomes really important. You may say, who cares, Baloo? You know, who cares? You know, win games. This team was 8-3, and three and they ended up 9-8. and eight. What did the Miller Electric Center do there? All right. Fair point. They fell down. But there's a lot of different ways to look at free agency. And there's a lot of different ways to really evaluate what a football team means to a guy who can pick where he wants to play. I have always been one of those who believes, and this comes from years and years and years of talking with athletes, with football players, and that includes a lot of free agents who signed here, that they were going to go with the most amount of money was. And this is even before taxes, and that's one of the responsibilities of, of, uh, of an agent to say, well, you know, if you're in Florida, look at the tax breaks there compared to if you're going to play in California. And those who are really invested in this know when you get paid in the NFL, it's weekly, and you get paid where your game is. So if your game's in L.A., you're going to have to deal with the California tax situation compared to having a home game here Matter of fact, through all the nonsense involved with London, I've never really done my due diligence to figure out how much more tax-wise does it help and or hurt 
the Jaguars, if they're playing games over there, I, I probably at some point should check. I just, when I hear Jaguars in London, it automatically mixes up and messes up my stomach. You know, and I, I seriously, I want to puke all over the place. Two games in London. Uh, are you kidding me? But I probably should figure that out uh, at some point. But congratulations, man. They've gone from 23rd to 5th. And Doug Peterson is a huge part of that. Okay? Shad Khan is a huge part of that. The Miller Electric Center is an absolute enormous part of that. Here are the grades uh, that came in today. The only thing they struggled with was treatment of families. They got a D minus, and, you know, I, that, that's been a problem around here for quite some time. They, I guess there's just not room actually at the stadium. Do you want to keep them over at the Miller Electric Center where you can tend to your families there? Okay, well, you're not actually at the game, right? You're next door. Uh, to the stadium. So a, a D minus there, and, and the Jaguars are one of 12 teams in the National Football League that does not have that family, um, you know, family room or whatever you want to call it, uh, daycare and, and everything else that goes along with it uh, that is available during games. Obviously, this is very important to players in the NFL because the, this is the only bad grade Jacksonville got, okay? Uh, a, a D minus. Shad Khan got an A. Shad Khan got a straight up A. Okay? This isn't from you, Joe Sixpack. This isn't from you, you know, the guy on his way to the bar who's going to say, I can't believe Shad Khan got an A. This is from the players. They gave the owner of this organization an A. Been talking about it forever. And the people that are really close to it get it. And understand it. Shad Khan is liquid. Shad Khan has never said no to money involved with this football team. And I'm not talking about money that's going to be needed uh, for a brand new stadium and things along those lines. I'm talking about if Dave Caldwell or if um, Trent Polky says, hey, we want to sign Shaq Griffin. Hey, we want to sign Christian Kirk. Blank check. Go ahead and do what you want to do. We want to give a contract extension uh, to, um, well, <laughs> there hasn't been many around here, right? Cam Robinson. Let's go with that. Evan Ingram. All right. Shad does not say no. And there was a time here where you had scared employees, okay, if you, you know what that's like, you know, <laughs> where you feel like you have two strikes against you. You feel like you can't go ask for something because you're just basically, you know, hanging on uh, by a string. But that was Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. They weren't going to ask for the little extras. When Urban Meyer came here, that man asked for absolutely everything. You name it, it happened. Urban Meyer is long gone from our mind, right? But he is absolutely partly responsible for this massive success that includes the Miller Electric Center. Urban Meyer said it to Shad Khan. If I'm going to come here and coach, we need the very best of everything. And you would hope now that the Jaguars are beginning 
to benefit from that after consecutive nine and eight seasons. So Shad Khan, an A. Doug Peterson, an A minus. So with all of the perceived problems and with the total lack of communication that happened on and off the field, I'm disappointed. You're disappointed. I I keep saying this. It's such a better starting point now than it was two years ago. And I understand that that's not good enough for you, and I get it. I'm not paid to be an apologist for this football team. I'm honest. Sometimes uh, my honesty is, is too dangerous, and it's hurt me. But that's just the way that I'm wired, okay? It's a better starting point. Nine and eight. Think about where you were two years ago compared to where you are now. And there's massive issues. I get it. I mean, everything that they're going to have to do here. I'm going to get to Bulky and Peterson coming up here in just a couple of minutes. You know, obviously, that was the big story yesterday. I come on after Helmets and Heels on Tuesday. So, yeah, I, I threw it out there. But this is somewhat of a different audience. I want to hammer that coming up in about 10 minutes. This organization and the players who play for this organization really like the owner and really like the head coach. You're not going to find that with a lot of NFL teams. Food and cafeteria, B minus. That is a shock to me. And, you know, that kind of falls into the category of today's athlete, today's whiner, today's complainer. I, I remember the food and cafeteria situation when I, when I got here in the mid 90s in, in that little room across the way and down the hall a little bit from the locker room uh, at the stadium. Uh, Today's players are pampered. What could you possibly complain about? With the food in that cafeteria? That cafeteria is absolutely enormous, man. The spread, the the salad bar, the food bar, the the, the open oven, the the wood oven where where pizza's got... What? A B minus? You've got to be freaking kidding me. That's an A+, plus, but not according to them. I know others say, hey, shut up, Bill. You need anything and like it. You're right. Nutrition and dietitian, a B. Okay. Kind of out of my out of my field there, but they ranked it a B. Locker room, A-. minus. Who the hell gave it an A-? minus? How can that not be just simply an A? Tough grades. Tough graders with the Jaguars. But, you know, the whole new Miller Electric Center, that, that's where their locker room is. It's that way every day. They only actually go to their locker room on Sunday when you have home games. For those of you who aren't aware of that, that, that was a massive change. I mean, they're not over there anymore. Everything they do is in the Miller Electric Center. That is where they practice. That is where all their classroom work is. That is where all their treatment and rehabilitation is. And that is where their locker room is I, I got to think the A minus is probably has something to do with the fact that the locker room at the stadium is not where it needs to be. Certainly, the new one at the Miller Electric Center is absolutely fantastic. Training room A minus. Uh, I haven't been in the training room while players are being worked on. Had an opportunity to go through there before players were in the building. Look fine to me. Training staff B plus. Um, disappointing to me just because I know those guys 
and uh, I, I appreciate their effort, and I think they do a really good job. It, it felt like the elimination of soft tissue injuries kind of left, although they did come back this year. You, know, you go to the 2022 season, it's almost a mirage. It is to think of the lack of injuries that this football team had. Look back on it. It's scary. I mean, you lost Shaq Griffin in week five. You lost Ben Barch early, and then you lost Cam Robinson late. I mean, you look at your 22 starters, and it's really 24 starters because the way they do it with their, you know, depth chart, they'll, they'll add a third wide receiver or they'll add a nickel. So you look at a 12 and a 12. You look at 24. Uh, you basically were without two starters all year, Barch and Griffin. And again, Cam went down late. This past year was totally different, uh, much more injuries. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why they did fall apart uh, late in the year. Uh, weight room and A, no surprise there. Strength coaches a B plus. It's really interesting. I'm a big fan of Cedric Scott, former neighbor of mine, really have watched him grow throughout this process. Um, you know, you get the Luke Fortner and some other situations, and you're like, yeah. Maybe that, maybe that grade is kind. Um, but I know, you know, before Devon Hamilton got hurt, there was noticeable uh, improvement there. I, I think that you can just look at player after player after player. I mean, Andre Sisco this past year, noticeably, what was it, 12 pounds of, of just rock-solid muscle. Remember the first time seeing him during a camp during the summer. I don't remember if it was in June or July, but it was like, oh, my goodness. What has happened to Andre Sisco? So, yeah, there's been some good results there. Team travel a B. That's a shock. Those guys are all really good. They work hard in logistics. I, I know that the eight years that I traveled with them as a sideline reporter, I heard complaints about the team plane. It wasn't up to date the way that other NFL team planes are. Uh, but I never really heard that from players. I heard that from others. I won't throw anyone under the bus. Team travel a B. I, I just don't get it. If, if, if For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, logistically speaking, it is so convenient for these players. Okay? You're on a bus. There's two or three buses. You meet at the stadium at noon on a Saturday. They take you to the tarmac. All right, you go through, um, you know, the uh, whatever it's called, surveillance, or they frisk you, make sure you're not packing heat, you know, make sure you're not stacking a gun or a knife with you on the team plan, or, or you're trying to sneak over any dope. Uh, they're they're, they're going to do that to you, even though you're on the tarmac, right? And you fly to any given city, you land, you go to the tarmac, your bags come down, you grab them, you get a police escort to the hotel, which is always a five-star hotel. You walk in, everything is roped off. They have three tables, one for the players, one for the coaches, and one for the staff. That includes uh, an envelope with simple instructions, like when the bus leaves the next morning, and your hotel key. And you're in hotel you're in elevators and you're in your hotel room within five minutes. Same thing when you are done with the game. After the game ends, you know, the guys shower up, they interview. You get on the the bus, you get a police escort from the bowels of the stadium to the tarmac. 
go through security, fly home. Police escort waiting for you in Jacksonville takes you back to the stadium. I mean, you play in Baltimore, Indianapolis, Tennessee, New York, New, York, New England. Whatever. You can be home by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, and the game's over at 4. It's, it's just amazing. So I can't understand how they're complaining about team travel. But I like to – complaining's fine, right? Complaining's fun, isn't it, in a way? You know, I mean, instead of just saying, wow, life is great, and accept this and accept that. And basically, the only thing I complain about is when teams lose, teams that I like lose. But people just like to complain in general. You may have that opinion of me. I'll tell you straight up. The only thing I complain about is when my teams lose. And that's basically the only time you hear me. You don't hear my uh, opinion on politics. You don't hear my opinion on just normal things that are going on uh, in the world, um, for the most part, look how I started the show today, bragging about how great the weather was in Duval. This is thrilling. This is huge. I'm telling you that right now. They like the owner and they like the head coach. The Miller Electric Center is absolutely state-of-the-art. This could be the difference. It could. If you include, obviously, the way Florida is as far as um, tax compared to so many other states it could be the difference between getting a guy and not getting a guy and just remember the same nflpa the national football league players association this same group sent out a letter to all 32 teams a half decade ago saying don't come here because of tom coughlin the same group that's gone i'm probably the only one who will mention that now and i don't need to anymore frankly. But remember how you were feeling during that moment when we read that letter from the National Football League Players Association about impending free agents. Don't even consider going to Jacksonville. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting these remarks. This is a story that's probably somewhat buried. It shouldn't be. It's really, really important. Uh, To some of you, it may have been a waste of time because you're going to say, Baloo, come on. You and I both know they're going to end up going to the team who gives them the most money. And you're right about that. But that's not always the case. There are other things. And you've got quality of life here. You've got great weather here. Okay? If you go to the right part of the city, you get good schooling here. All right? I mean, look at it's February 28th. Look at today compared to other places in this country. How could you not want to live in Jacksonville? So congratulations to everyone involved. This really is. This, this is a cool moment. Uh, this is massive improvement for this football team. And, you know, you want your guys to be happy. Will it translate to the football field? 9-8, and 9-8. Eight, and eight. It's better. It's not what you want. But I tend to believe this will help. If you want to give an opinion on that, as always, it is valued. The best way for you to join us is on the text line, which is 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, or you can get me on Twitter, W1010XL. All right, opening comments tonight and every night by Shmunez Vision, another outstanding company right here in Jackson. It was true. I went out and cut the lawn today. I was telling you about that. It was just so awesome. And I, I kind of wish I had a bigger lawn, you know? And, you know, I do want to remind you of that, though, because I had a conversation about this with both Catherine Shmunez, Dr. Catherine Shmunez, and Dr. Neil Shmunez, that 
you get a lot of accidents, and, and some of them are incredibly preventable, and that includes working outside. And I get the macho side of you. I mean, I, you know, I don't need glasses. I'll be fine. I'm just trimming some bushes, and I'm just cutting some lawn, even though there's debris that has fallen off. We just had, what, almost a tornado here, or whatever it was uh, recently. I just would hate to see something pop up and, and, uh, and knock you in the eye, okay? That'll screw up your day. If you're not careful, it can screw up much more than just a single day. But that's all part of what they do. High-quality medical and surgical eye care. Eight and a half years ago, right eye surgery. I just went in for a normal checkup. Had to have it removed the very next day. And they performed it. I want you to check out their website because it explains everything to you. And your eyes are so important. I feel as though many of you neglect it. You know, that's one of the things you put on the back burner, right? If your heart starts wigging or something in your body stops wigging, um, you're like, oh, my God, I got to get this shit. Your eyes like, yeah, you know, I'll get to it. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Yeah, I'll get to it. Uh-uh. Get to it now. Go to Schmunez Vision. Check out everything. They're outstanding out at the beach. Absolutely recommend them. When we come back, we hear from R.J. Saunders. When we come back, we hear from Trent Bulky and we hear from Doug Peterson. I was really intrigued about yesterday. Again, almost all good. One thing I'm very, 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 very concerned about, however. And why don't I begin with that? After just giving them like 25 minutes of nothing but straight love, let's even it out a tad bit. That's on the other side. Into the night. With Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. RJ Saunders back on Into the Night with Rick Ballou. Just like old times, brother. Just like old times, man. I love it. How about that game last night? Uh, the, three, uh, the consistent three-pointers late, including the game winner, was at 59 feet away. Oh, Max Struess. Woo! I think he had four of them. Yeah. The second longest game winner in NBA history, right? You have a brand new show here. What is it, Sunday at 11? Sunday at 11, yeah. How's it going? It's going well so far. We've had a, like, you know, a good lineup of guests, and I'm um, hoping just to have more. We talk about the Orlando Magic and then other teams across the association. So it's been good so far. Rick, hope that the listeners who have listened have enjoyed it so far. we got a lot more coming. Wish you the best. I, I tell you what I think – we should do and maybe make this a surprise uh, one of these Sundays is you do such a great job with your music here on Into the Night. Maybe I should pick the songs that you need for yeah. your show Sunday at 11. Yeah. Tedeschi Trucks. Tedeschi Trucks. Yeah. Deep Purple. Yes. All right. Pantera. I was listening to some Eddie Money a yes. little bit earlier today. The late Eddie Money. Yes. A, a one-time New York cop. Uh, it was, was per- a cop room? He, his, I think he was, came from a family of cops. Uh, and he ended up living not too far from here, uh, down in Palm Coast. Late, I, I think he had a place somewhere else, maybe out in L.A. or whatever. But, uh, of course, he, um, he left us a couple of years ago. So, uh, I don't know. Perhaps something to consider. Uh, we will see. All right. Got a ton of feedback on my opening comments about the um, – the NFLPA, the Miller Electric Center, the high grades. I mean, just to get some good news on the Jags is, is different. When, when it comes to stuff like this, Jacksonville's always ranked low 
whether it's the city, the fans, the stadium. I hate it. And this is a positive. You've gone from 23rd to 5th. It's, it's in my mind, it's really encouraging. I want to get, and John Oster's 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away. I, I do want to get to yesterday, okay? I, I thought it was a really good day as well from Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson. Um, we got plenty of stuff one day ago. Most of it, in my opinion, was encouraging. The only thing that scares me a little bit is this. Let's go to Doug Peterson yesterday on the current status of the Jaguars' offensive line. The addition of Ezra, you know, we thought was going to be that that left guard. If you think about it, Cam, Ezra, Luke, Brandon, and Ton played one game together. Last game of the regular season, right? So we've had that kind of revolving door on the left side, you know, we, and, and it, it, for whatever reason, injury, performance, whatever it might be. And, you know, Cam, the suspension, and then the injury late in the season. So he missed eight games. We didn't have consistency. We didn't have continuity. And, and that affects five guys up front, right? And so that's where we have to get back to. We've got to get back to a little more consistency there. But we can also help them as coaches and, and prepare them better. Um, and I know we will starting this offseason. All right, this is petrifying to me. And those who have listened to me over the years, I do thank you, but you know my opinion on the offensive line. I think it sucks. I think it's the worst offensive line, arguably, in football. It's terrible. Uh, one quarter of their plays last year, running backs were stuffed behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. One out of every four plays. All right? They were 31st in the NFL in average per carry. Uh, Travis Etienne went from 5.1 a carry to 3.8 a carry. And they struggled as well in pass protection. Here's what I think is going on, okay? I asked Trent Baalke when he met with us 18 days after the season if he was going to change. And I knew he wasn't going to give me a direct answer, but I felt I, I had to try to ask the question to, to get something. He gave us nothing. I asked Trent Baalke if he was going to change the way he was doing things because I feel his job is on the line. I told that to Trent Baalke, and said the big deal out of that was him saying, I don't worry about my job, which is really asinine, okay? Uh, If you have it, no matter where you are, if you have it so well that you don't ever worry about your job, uh, then, man, send me some of that, okay? Send me some of that juice. Uh, Trent Baalke should be worried about his job. This team was 8-3. and He used a fringe pick on a tight end in the second round. He used a fringe pick on a running back in Tank Bigsby in the third round. Okay, he took a fourth rounder who basically redshirted. He was injured when he came out of Florida and Miller, and he got injured again. I mean, but all he's got to do is impress one guy, Shad Khan. Doesn't have to impress me. Doesn't have to impress you. He has to impress one guy. And I think a big part of it was he went to that one guy, Shad Khan, and said, listen, Trevor was hurt five times. One of the reasons why Trevor was hurt is you have a terrible offensive line right here in town. So... What I've been speculating all along, if Jacksonville was 8-3, and three, and Jacksonville, let's just say they played 500 ball the rest of the way. They didn't go 1-5. Let's say they won three games. Let's say they won four games. So in, instead of being 9-8, and eight, you know, this football team was 11-6. and six. 
hosted a playoff game, won or lost it, went on the road. That may be the only that may be the only positive side of the crash. If they did win it, had a playoff game, it would have been the same thing—a success, a success. A success. I mean, Chad Khan over the last ten years, this is the losingest franchise in all of sports. Okay, that includes the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. I'm not talking about only football here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about a sports franchise. The Jaguars in the last 10 years, their winning percentage is three is 33.1%. The last two years, they've gone 9-8 and 9-8. Nine and eight. You do the math. That's above 50%. Uh, the Jets, for what it's worth, are second, 33.7%. The Pistons are third in Detroit, 36.2%. Buffalo Sabres, number one hockey team, 38.2%. The Cincinnati Reds are the number one baseball team, 38.7%. So you're talking about a losing franchise that all of a sudden is turning around and winning. I have thought, because of the, the, the collapse and the lack of communication, that if they don't win this year, you're going to blow the entire thing up. Will Trent Bulky change his way that he builds this team knowing he has to win this year to save his job. If he had won those games that I mentioned earlier, he could be putting together right now long-term contract extensions for Trevor Lawrence. There's not one of you out there, I gather, that wants to hear, and Cameron Wolf said it yesterday at NFL Network, that negotiations have begun for Trevor Lawrence in a long-term contract extension. Do you really want to see Trevor become the highest paid player in the NFL or only behind Patrick Mahomes? You want him to get Herbert, Burrow, Hurts uh, type of money now after what you just saw? No, you don't want that. You're like, heck no. Let him play this year for $11.7 million. Pick up that fifth-year option by May 2nd. Uh, address some other positions. So in my world, that's my thinking on this, that if Trent Baalke had the same, if this team had the same success, he could be putting together Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, Walker Little. Um, we know he's going to restructure important contracts, Kirk and Aloikon. Um, what is he going to do with releasing other guys? Forever, forever, my opinion has been, say goodbye to Brandon Sheriff. Okay? He's got a cap figure of $24 million. These contracts that Bulky did have all been really good since that class of Griffin and Jenkins and, uh, you know, that Urban Meyer class and, you know, Kirk and Zay Jones uh, and Evan Ingram. I mean, you just look at what they did putting together those years of free agents. Big Foley, who disappointed, he'd be the exception to the rule. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris, uh, Brandon Sheriff. All of these decisions that this organization made, for the most part, Really worked, okay? But they were written as really two-year deals. In year three, you had a chance. You had a choice of either saying goodbye like they did with Shaq Griffin or restructure deals like they've done with everyone else that I've mentioned. Outside of Ingram, who was a one-year deal, they obviously put a franchise tag on him and then signed him to a longer contract. But 
I don't want this team to use that as their thinking during the offseason that if we are healthy, we're fine. Is Cam Robinson going to be healthy? Can you trust Cam Robinson? When's the last time Cam Robinson's played a whole season? He was selfish and got popped for four games last year, and then he came back and he got hurt. We saw him crying. We saw the towel. We know he was bothered, but all of a sudden, it's a fair question, people. This isn't me dishing on Cam Robinson. It's a fair point. Are you going to pay him $21,168,000 when my feeling is there's no way he's going to give you 17 games? The guy gets hurt every year. Brandon Sheriff is not nearly what he once was. He's not, he was never necessarily strong. He was always a finesse right guard. You know, a, a very, um, very intelligent right guard. How many times, and he is a tough man. He played with a core in 2022 and went out there. But how many times have you seen him spend an extra 7, 10 seconds on the carpet knowing that that man is beaten up. He's just got an incredible heart, and he plays through injury, right? $24 million a year for a right guard? Listening to Doug Peterson, listening to Trent Balky, who doubled down by saying, I don't know why you guys are asking me about Cam Robinson. Season-ending press conference, he was asked about two guys. He was asked about Josh Allen put his foot in his mouth in the Josh Allen camp because he said he's going to be here either as a franchise tag or a long-term contract extension, okay? Right after that, I was asked about Cam Robinson. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to mention it. So the feeling then was that Cam's gone. Yesterday, Trent Bucky's like, why are you asking me about Cam Robinson? He's under contract here. I expect him to play. That makes me nervous. Luke Fortner is weak. Luke Fortner should not be your starting center in the NFL. Did Ezra Cleveland show you anything? I asked this question because I want an answer. Did he show you anything where you felt as though you got to pay this man and bring him back as your left guard? Obviously, Phil Rauscher likes him. They were together in Minnesota a couple of years ago. I'm just asking you. The going rate for a right guard. Or left guard, you're gonna pay him 11, 12, 13, 14 million dollars a year. Is Anton Harrison gonna go from the right side to the left side? That's another one that I love. Who's the starting left tackle gonna be? I would cut Cam Robinson. I would cut Brandon Sheriff. I would go straight to the kid from Oregon in the first round. That is where I would go with the Jackson Powers kid. Number 17, right out of Oregon. Go out and get yourself a center. No question about it. That is what I would do. And I would spend money that you would acquire by bringing back nearly $34 million with Cam Robinson and Brandon Sheriff. You'd be able to recoup that. Yeah, you're going to have some dead cap money you're going to have to pay. But that's the only thing that I got out of yesterday that made me nervous because it is the weakest position group on this football team. And the bottom line when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, give him an offensive line because my confidence has waned in him in a year. I think Trevor likes to make plays. Trevor was really stupid at times. Taking hits. Um, you know, the game was 
so out of reach in Tampa. Why would he take that hit? Because he's trying to make a play. He's a competitor. Okay. It was stupid. He separated his shoulder. It was his fifth injury of the year. You know, that pass to Parker Washington, who's a rookie. Hey, he's only a rookie. He doesn't know enough to get out of bounds, right? I mean, rookies don't know that. He's only been playing football his entire life. But, I mean, why would you expect that he would know to go out of bounds? So, you know, put that on Trevor. Trevor just, out of nowhere, just fumbles the football. There's no one around. Just fumble it. Trevor and Wrigley are on the same page. You know, the, the, the route tree's screwed. Someone's got to be, I mean, you can't blame Wrigley. He's fragile. Look at how he reacted when the media asked him. I literally thought he was going to walk out of the Miller Electric Center and go home. The tough media here. Next day, Press Taylor buried Trevor. All three of those picks. So, yeah, the Trevor thing's like, whoa. Give him an offensive line. Figure it out. If you give him the best offensive line that money can buy and this guy still fails, then you've got a massive problem. But if we're sitting here in a year saying they shouldn't have brought back Sheriff, they shouldn't have brought back Robinson, we told you that Fortnerk was weak, and they don't change anything, and you still don't know about Trevor Lawrence, then you lost a year, and you remain half-pregnant. That's what this organization cannot do. They have to attack the offensive line. Give them the best five that you can and find out if this man is the quarterback at 24 years of age. He'll be 25 in October. Much more coming up, including John Osher. I got a a ton more that I want to add on yesterday from both Doug Peterson and Trent Bulky, but I felt like I had to go negative here a little bit because I had such a love affair. Uh, with the NFLPA and the Millard Electric Center and their report card today. Um, The chemical imbalance inside my brain was starting to really work me. So I had to bring that up. That's the only bad part I got out of yesterday. Everything else was rock solid. Your opinion, 641-1010 on the text line. It's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You can also get me on Twitter. That's Baloo1010XL. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, way too long-winded uh, first couple of segments, so uh, we need to take another quick break here. I want to bring in John Osher to get things started in hour number two. I would tell you that Mel Kuyper today came out with his mock draft, uh, mock 2.0, and I was disappointed with it because it's a corner. And Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo, he's... Really, the five or six corners that I've seen Jacksonville mentioned for, he's the smallest of the six uh, as far as height. You know, remember that Trent Bulky arms are very important. Arm length is incredibly important uh, for Trent Bulky. That's one of the major reasons why Trayvon Walker was selected over Aiden Hutchinson. It's not something that, I think you spend a lot of time thinking about. I know I don't spend a lot of time thinking about, but it's a massive part of his way of grading uh, potential. Yeah, I have it right here. Let's see. Nate Wiggins, 6'2", 185 out of Clemson. Kool-Aid McKinstry, 6'1", 195. TJ Tampa out of Iowa State, 6'2", 200. Uh, I guess the other one out of Bama, Terry and Arnold, is only six foot. So, I mean, listen, he's not, we're not talking about a 5'8", five, 5'9", five, corner. We're still talking about a six-footer, but... You get that all over the place and you look at these mock drafts. And that's scary. Uh, to me, it has to be 
offensive line for the reasons that I just gave you. But we'll get into that in our second hour. Let's begin by going to Indianapolis. We'll bring in John Osher. Uh, of course, he is the senior writer from Jaguars.com. Joins us here on Wednesday night. Also want to get you ready for golf tomorrow. The PGA Tour begins its southern swing. And uh, down south for four days. And, of course, next week, Bay Hill at, uh, uh, at Arnold Palmer's place in Orlando. And then it's the Players, the Players' Championship. Can you imagine that? We're, what, 14 days away. It begins two weeks from tomorrow morning. Just incredible. Uh, this year's Players' Championship will be played here in less, or not less than, uh, a little bit more than just a couple of weeks. All right, we got much more to do. Again, best way to get us is uh, on Twitter, Blue1010XL. Or on our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, that number six four one ten ten. Let's ring up another guest on the All Pro Roofing phone line. Into the night with Rick Ballou on ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. John Osher joins us live from Indianapolis. Senior writer Jaguars dot com. What do you say, Johnny O? Bring me back in with the Ramones again. I like it. Well, we got RJ. Uh, JJ, <laughs> JJ's a JJ's like touring Europe right now with a backpack and who right. knows what else. So uh, it's like old times. Sick. That's right. Yep. I can see him being that guy. <laughs> so it's old times here with um, uh, with RJ and, we, and, and we're having a blast. But uh, hey, you're back at it. I've been out there uh, at, at, to many of these combines uh, with you. Um, obviously not there this year, but I got to say, John, I, I thought yesterday was a, a really interesting day from, from both Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke. Uh, I learned a few things from both. What was your overall feeling? Well, overall, um, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, when they talked about Press Taylor, you, you know, when Doug talked about Press, it was clearly interesting that he – did not commit to having press call the play. I, mean, I think that was the big news hit. Um, beyond that, you did get the vibe that they know there's work to do. Uh, I don't think they feel like they're very far away from being competitive again. You know, And, again, they were competitive this year. That's what I kept asking them both was, look, you were 9-8, and eight, and because of the way you finished, it felt like 3-14. and 14, But it wasn't 3-14. and 14, It was 9-8. and eight. And I think they both feel like getting back into it is very attainable. Makes a lot of sense. That that was the primary uh, thing that I got out of it yesterday as well. But, you know, so much of it to me about that offensive line. And, you know, the one yeah. comment when Doug Peterson said after they made the Ezra deal, they only had one game with Cam Ezra, Luke, Brandon, uh, Sheriff, and Anton Harrison. Um, I came out of yesterday, and then when, when – you know, Trent Bucky was asked about Cam. And he's like, why are you asking me about Cam? He's under contract. I expect him to play. I came out of yesterday thinking there's a very good chance they may try to keep these five together for the 2020, uh, for the 2024 season. Yeah, it. Um, I don't think the whole group comes back. I mean, I, I, I still can't see a scenario where Sheriff's back because of the cap hit. But I could be wrong on that. I mean, but uh, – I think they did both want to make the point that once you got into the film, that um, the injuries at the end of the season, the lack of consistency on the line, uh, you know, you're one or two games away from being 11 and six. Now, that being said, I don't think they looked at the interior of the line and said, hey, they did a good enough job. Mm -hmm. So 
I can't imagine that they don't have some change there. Uh, it, it's hard to overhaul a whole position group and yeah. have you know four or five new starters in the NFL. I think, I think it's got to be within reason. Uh, I, I noted the same thing you did. I kind of went into the week thinking, yeah, I'm not sure Cam's back. Uh, now I'd be surprised if he's not, which sort of leaves maybe the two guard positions to bring in competition, see if Cooper Hodges can win it, that level of competition. Uh, and then I, I wish I had an answer for you since. Yeah. I, I don't have a feel for what they do there. I uh, don't know that I will until free agency and the draft roll around. John Osher, live from Indianapolis, the NFL Combine. He's out there all week. You can get everything from John. Just go to jaguars.com. He is their senior writer. All right, the Josh Allen conversation, we knew it from the last time that we spoke uh, with Trent Baalke uh, at, uh, you know, at the end of the season. He's got until March 5th. It, it, it kind of feels like this could be very similar to a year ago with Evan Ingram. Put the tag on him by March 5th, and then you have until July 15th to try to get a long-term deal done. It does, and uh, you know the, the cap going up, I think, makes that a little more possible. Uh, at the same time, it also makes it a little more possible that you go ahead and get a long-term deal done. Uh, you know, you'd rather get the deal done beforehand because that allows you to know what to know where you're at. Possibly use the franchise tag on Ridley. It also allows you to know what you're doing in free agency, and uh, and uh, to know how much room you have. I I think the Allen thing will be one of those things where a, a deadlines in this league force action. You know, it forces action. It forces action in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my sense is wherever they are, they'll be a lot closer when that March fifth deadline rolls around. Now, whether that gets them to where they have a deal. Um, I think that'll be one where we're sort of sitting there holding our breath, and then there's a press release that comes out one way or the other on that day, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what is going to happen with with Ridley. Boy, I'm, I'm I mean, this is this is a chess match because with Higgins yeah. getting tagged and right there in Indy, we'll see about Pittman. I mean, it, I heard Jason Light yesterday, based you know, come right out and he was like. Uh, he was basically the way that um, Trent Polky was with Josh Allen. He's like, we're going to do everything we can to bring back Mike Evans. So, you know, we could have here in two weeks, Calvin Ridley could be the most attractive free agent yeah. who is available. And, and we know the, the strategy. If you do it now, it costs you a second. If you wait until after the league year, it costs you a third. But can you allow him to be there? So that is a brutally difficult decision that they're going to have to make. Yeah, and – Frankly, that's one that I'll be watching to see what they do because you don't have a great feel for it. It's a tough decision with Ridley. Um, the thing I keep saying with Ridley is I get that there were flaws. I get that he wasn't the 1,400-yard guy, but he was a 1,000-yard guy, and he was an eight-touchdown guy. And as soon as you let him go, you're looking for that production. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think the French, I mean, the salary cap increasing raises Calvin's price. The market raises Calvin's price. Uh, does any of the stuff from before mediate that? I doubt it. Um, I, 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 I think they want them there. You have to pay a lot. And I, I don't have a great vibe. I know they like him. Mm-hmm. It's the old thing of, you know, at what cost do you like him? Right. And, 
I wish I had a better answer for you. Yeah. I think we're all waiting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Final couple of minutes with John Osher live from Indianapolis at the NFL scouting combine. Um, because of the just incredible uh, amount of money that was raised in this year's cap, Jacksonville has the ability to do quite a few things here now. And and I think you and I both agree too, that they are going to restructure some contracts and they're going to release some players. So they're going to have that much more money. Uh, yeah. You know, do you, I, I know that, you know, Tyson Campbell and Andre Cisco and even that report that they've begun discussions with Trevor. I know all of that is, is important, but for right now, what do you, do you believe that this team could make a run at a at a serious interior offensive lineman and, and and pay him you know top of the market value or maybe try to do that on the defensive line or you know every mock draft has them for the most part drafting a corner could they maybe go in that direction? I, Trent Bulky when he got here he he got big splash free agents and they worked last year they didn't have the money to to be able to do right. that. Do you see him going back down that road? I I think they'll go back down that road with at least one guy. Not sure which. I mean. It, some that'll depend on okay, how much do we like maybe X spot at the draft at seventeen? Okay, well we can we know we're going to have our choice of two or three players there. Then maybe that allows you to circle back and say okay, we address these other positions in free agency. Um, Trent's been very transparent since he got the job. Uh, after the twenty-two free agent class, he said the twenty-three free agent class is not going to be nearly the same but he said they would have a lot more flexibility going into the 24 free agent class. So what does he do with that flexibility? I, I do think when you look at the interior of the line, do you go back and do what you did with sheriff and committee, ton of cap room and guard? They've done it before. I don't know if that's palpable with the Trevor contract coming up, um, but I think somewhere they will spend money and have an impact, uh, not because they didn't do it last year, but because they always plan to have the ability to do it this year. Yeah. All right, Johnny, you've been there a couple of days. Have, have you seen anything? Has anyone blown you away with, uh, you know, I know that much more is to, to really come and, and certainly all the testing um, is to come, but so far of it is something really kind of caught you by surprise. Not so much. Really our, our task when we come up here for the first two days, at least is, is, is to talk to our guys and try to do what we just did, get an idea what the Jaguars. It's a sort of it's a it's a sort of a a state of the Jaguars as you move forward. So tomorrow we leave Friday. So tomorrow uh, I spend today and tomorrow really trying to get a feel for the uh, rookies that are coming in. So not much on the players to be, but a lot on the players they already have. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, John, always a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Rick, thanks, buddy. There he goes, John Osher. Good stuff there. And, again, read everything from John and his staff at jaguars.com. That's a great job. Uh, the Ozone column, among other things. And uh, you can get that at jaguars.com. I, I, I was handed this today. Let me see. This came from um, – it's just sportsbetting.ag, okay? Brian Burns, his next hand. Baltimore is number one for Brian Burns, which makes total total sense, right? Uh, Baltimore is in need. Um, this feels like Baltimore is always adding and adding and adding to their defense. Of course, Brian Burns played at Carolina. 
Baltimore's four to one odds. Jacksonville's second at six to one, along with the Los Angeles Rams. I was thinking over the years when when big name players like this came out, how you very rarely, you know, heard about Jacksonville. And and Brandon Sheriff was a big name, right? Um <sighs> Christian Kirk had 900 yards receiving. He was at times a three in Arizona, at other times a two, but he didn't blow you away, right? Unless you're a huge fantasy guy, did diehard Jaguar fans know about Zay Jones? Foyer Aluicon led the NFL in tackles. When you heard the name, were you like, who? When you heard about Big Foley? Out of Kasai, and he, you like who? Roy Robertson. So the point is that he he's brought in really good players. Ray, Ray Sean Jenkins, all right. Evan Ingram. Ingram was the highest drafted out of all of those guys, right? When he went to the New York Giants, but they weren't the the cream of the crop, right? All of a sudden, you look at Brian Burns, second as far as odds going to Jacksonville. Daniel Hunter. Number one odds, Jacksonville. They're actually five to four odds. Okay, plus one twenty-five, nearly even. You hit at a hundred bucks, you're getting back hundred and twenty-five dollars. I mean, these odds are insane uh, ahead of the Chicago Bears uh, with Jarius Sneed, who you know the tag is going to be placed on him. You can still trade a player if he is tagged. Jacksonville is tied for fourth with the Buffalo Bills on odds to get Legereus Sneed. So, you know, the point I'm trying to make here is if Jacksonville's in love with one of those three guys, and, and I understand that if it's Daniil Hunter and it's Brian Burns, it's probably coming at the expense of Josh Allen. I don't think that you can afford both guys. Maybe you can. Who knows what they're going to do. I mean, Trayvon Walker's still there. We know it's going to be at least somewhat of a different defense. Um, it just doesn't make sense, though, to have those two high, high-priced high guys. Trayvon Walker will be in year three of a rookie deal. You could afford to do it, right? But you just look at the cost. It's going to be a heck of a lot more than when you had Josh Allen as a rookie. You had Yannick Ngakwe in a rookie contract, and then you brought in, at the time, we thought an aging Calais Campbell, who was amazing. But, of course, Calais slid inside on third down. Just look at the salary then to those three compared to what the salary structure would be like here if you were to get Burns, Hunter, and put them on with Allen and Walker. I just don't know how they can do it with all that money. Uh, Legereus Sneed, though, all of a sudden. Very intriguing. You know, I've always, I've always wondered about the hangover after winning. And there's not like there's been a lot of Super Bowl winners who have called Jacksonville their home. I remember it, uh, it that was the case with, um, uh, with, with uh, how come I can't think of his name right now? Jackson, uh, defensive tackle who won in, uh, God, I did a weekly show with him. I must be getting old. Um, did a show uh, with him, you know, the couple of years that, that he was here. He had just won it in Denver. Uh, Malik Jackson. Uh, and came over here. But outside of that, I mean, can you think of one off of the Brandon McManus, but that was years ago? And how many Super Bowl winners are on this team? Nick Foles, well, he got injured. So it, I just, 
I've always been a little bit cautious about that. You know, you talk about signing guys in the contract year. Some said that about Josh Allen. So many said that last year about Jawan Taylor. I think the other way of looking at it is if a guy has won, and Legereus Sneed now has won in consecutive years, is he still going to have the same drive, the same ambition to be good in a new place if all of a sudden you hand him a very fat bag? I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I can't measure anyone's heart. You know, I, I I just think it's a fair conversation. But I don't know him the way that Trent Bulky does and and others do. You understand my point on that, though? I mean, yeah, winning a Super Bowl, you can bring that type of leadership to a locker room, that type of knowledge to a locker room. It's important, but mm, wouldn't you rather have a guy coming in who's been really, really, really close, who's almost had a chance to taste it? You know, but but is yet to win it. Is there more drive in that case? I guess you could look at guys like Tom Brady and they say, what the hell are you talking about? Or you look at Tiger Woods and he'd laugh at you over those comments. Or Michael Jordan would say, are you kidding me? Because I won one or two. You think that was it? Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, so there are examples. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to put Legereus Sneed in that category with those players. You want to comment on that? You can. 641-1010 on the text line. That is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Or get me on Twitter, Blue1010XL. All right, lots of stuff coming in on this, which is good. Let's mix it up a little bit and get to some golf. The Boston Capper, the Southern Swing, is underway tomorrow. Let's take a look at it from a handicap perspective. That's on the other side. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, the Boston Cap are going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Need to hog tie him. And... Oh, there's not a lot of hog tying that goes on in Boston. I know that for sure. Cow tipping. Get out to the Burbs and maybe over to New Hampshire. My mom from Keene, New Hampshire. You know, I saw this today, which got to me a little bit. Uh, Jared Verse, uh, Braden Fisk, among many others, what, 321 players at the Combine, but they come in groups. Uh, Verse said today that he wishes he hadn't opted out against Georgia. And, I mean, just thinking back on that, how painful it is, but, man, that that's really going to suck. You know, so many guys did it. More than 25 guys did it. I don't know if it would have made a difference. Georgia was so loaded. But, you know, regret is regret is terrible to take it with you. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he'll get over it. I'm sure he's going to become a multimillionaire in, in a couple of months here. And, you know, that's but – I, but I, I'm very surprised to hear him say that. That if he could do it all over again, he wish he hadn't opted out. Um I, I just found that pretty incredible, um, the fact that he actually stated that earlier today. All right, uh, we're waiting on the Boston Capper as we do. Let's, let's get to a couple of these because uh, so many have come in, 52-62. Baloo, I think Bulky's going to screw the pooch on Josh's contract. I can't shake the bad vibes, even with your assurances he'll he'll do the right thing. Well... 
I was really bragging about the NFLPA and their report card today that took this organization from 23rd to 5th and how all of these signs are pointing in the right way. You need a mix to be successful in this league of your own players who you re-sign, solid draft picks, guys on rookie deals, you know, first four years. Of course, for your first rounder, you have a fifth-year-only team option. And also being able to do, you know, a decent job going out and bringing in frontier free agents, like we've discussed, and also others who are not going to get a tremendous amount of press, for the most part, like the free agents that Jacksonville brought in in 2023, okay? The NFLPA is something that this, this really helps, okay, with the facilities, the, the Miller Electric Center, all of these good grades help. But I still think another part of this is how, even when you're coming in as a free agent, how do they take care of their own? Because when you're getting wined and dined and you're brought in, there's so many different ways you want to look at it. But one of them for an organization is what have they done with the players that they went out and brought in themselves, this time through the NFL draft. Jacksonville has been just awful in that category. Just terrible. Now, it's a very short uh, tenure as an organization that's, you know, heading towards 30 years. But just think of the disaster after disaster after disaster that has happened with this football team. I mean, just go back a few years ago and look at the premier guys. Miles Jack basically just said, see ya. You went and got Joe Schobert, you know? Um, look at the Yannick Ngakwe situation. Well, look how that turned out. Look at Leonard Fournette, who was the fourth pick in the draft. The guy gave you 1,700 yards from the, from the line of scrimmage. 1,700. They couldn't get anything for him. They couldn't even get a seventh-round compensatory pick for Leonard Fournette. Fresh off of seven. His, his, his attitude and his reputation was that bad. Jalen Ramsey. The way that he forced himself out of time. So you just look at, and then there was so many other draft picks that they just missed on. You know, guys that they just were not good players. How many guys on the active roster right now have the Jaguars brought in as a rookie and then re-signed? Well, I can think of two. I can think of, I can think of three. I can think of Logan Cook. I can think of Devon Hamilton. And I can think of Cam Robinson. Am I missing any? Smoot's a free agent again. Shatley's a free agent again. Is there anyone else? I I may be missing a guy. If so, I apologize. You're talking about three players. This organization has not done a good job. And and I'm not talking about bulky Peterson here. I'm talking about, you know, the regime prior to that. This one's not on him. You have to do a better job with re-signing your player. So, yes, you you know, Calvin Ridley's not your player. He's been your player for one year. Josh Allen's been your player for five years. 
Josh Allen says all the right things. He does all the right things. He's a huge part of this. He's earned it. Whether you want to believe it or not, he has earned the bag. And if you if you franchise him, you franchise him. He's going to hold out. He's going to show up the week of the game. You know, look at Kansas City did last year with Chris Jones, and they gave him the $25 million right before the start of the year. And, you know, you we wondered openly, oh, my God, the heat here. Is Chris Jones going to be all right? Well, that was another mistake by Jacksonville, putting a rookie exclusively on him. And Chris Jones made a huge play at the end of the game, which I'm sure when they went back and watched the film, uh, they they probably looked at that and said, are you kidding me? Why didn't we help him? Uh, someone mentioned Dewey Wingard. That That's actually interesting. Was Wingard... Help me out here. Was he drafted by the Jaguars or was he an undrafted uh, football player? I should know that, but it it, it escapes me right now. I want to say he was undrafted. Uh, nonetheless, yeah, he did. He was undrafted, but he made the team uh, in 2000. Okay, yes, thank you. That was the fourth. He comes the fourth guy and actually wasn't even drafted, but um, – that comes from the 7245. Appreciate uh, the information there. You hope that this organization can do it with Josh Allen. Do it, and I'm saying this in order now. Josh Allen, Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco. Are you ready for this one? Walker Little, Trevor Lawrence. Can you sign all those players? Can you re-sign all of those players? Look at the great teams. They re-sign players. What do great teams have in common? Obviously, an outstanding quarterback. A very good coach. You have to have the balance of your own players that you re-sign. And the other part of this, too, whether they are your own players or they're players that you bring in, Jacksonville needs to start, and I didn't put Travis Etienne on that list. I would pick up that fifth-year option for Travis. It's only going to cost you $6.1 million. There is no value on running backs right now. Look at all the running backs who have no franchise tags any of these backs. A lot of talk right now in Indy is that Barkley's going to sign in Dallas. Saquon Barkley. They're not going to put a tag on him in New York. Look at these... In- <laughs> Look at those invested picks. We just talked about Fournette, the fourth pick in the draft. Remember Elliott a few years ago in Dallas? Where have you gone, Todd Gurley? Where have you gone, Le'Veon Bell? You know, you just used this high pick on Robinson this past year in Atlanta. What's that going to be like in a couple of years? Christian McCaffrey gave you 80 yards rushing, 80 yards receiving in the Super Bowl, and, and either one or two touchdowns. I don't remember. I know certainly one. Running backs are just aren't valued. But for one year, $6.1 million? Travis Etienne, year five of his deal, four really because he missed his rookie year. Absolutely. Absolutely I'm going to give him that. Uh, but, th- yeah, that, that whole part of it is, um, is, is really going to be interesting to see what this team does. So. This offseason is going to be nuts, no doubt about it. All right, let's take another break. Why don't we do that? Uh, we do tonight up until 8 o'clock. Hacker Nation will join you then. we got much more to do right here in your home of the Jags.
Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I got a couple of questions on the uh, the baseball stadium and the additions there. And does that have any effect on the Jaguars who are going to be asking for money? And Oh, I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. Um, I mean, Shotcon just poured a ton of money into the Millard Electric Center. That facility is, is just... Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. And, you know, again, today with the NFLPA. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's an interesting one here. 0924 says, uh, Baloo, I'm surprised the NFLPA released their report card today during the combine. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it happened a year ago, but the Jags came in 23rd last year. If you haven't heard, it came in fifth today. An A for Shad Khan by the players. A minus for Doug Peterson. Miller Electric Center, a, a huge factor in this with everything that that state-of-the-art uh, facility provides. And See, I don't have a problem with the NFLPA releasing it now. I think these 18-year-olds, excuse me, these 20, 21-year-olds uh, being an indie, their, their eyes are wide and they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, where they're headed for the next one, two, three, four years, whatever it may be. I, I would think that this would have very little bearing on them. I, I think that the report card that came out is, is for free agency. You, know, you don't have a chance or a choice. I mean, you can be lucky enough to get drafted here. You can also be unlucky enough to get drafted right there in Indianapolis where it's 22 degrees out. Or you could get drafted in Buffalo. Or you could get drafted in Green Bay. I mean, I was in Vegas last week on vacation. Can you imagine getting drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders? Now, you can get in trouble anywhere. But just imagine life there. Imagine life in L.A. And then all of a sudden, imagine life in Cleveland. I'm a huge quality of life guy. I really wrestled over going to Chicago back in 2000. And Chicago was phenomenal. I'm glad I did it for seven years. But I also left Boston after 18. One of the primary reasons, politics. No, one of the primary reasons was the weather. It's enough. And we have, we have, we have what, one lap around here, right? Quality of life is huge. Today was sensational. I actually feel bad for you if you were locked indoors all day today with your job. Again, I know those blue-collar folks. I'll feel bad for them in about two months, you know, when it's 100 degrees every day. And I, that's awful on you. Probably keeps your weight down. But you had to have loved today. Wow. So, not surprised. Uh, Baloo Bulky's good on free agency, but he drafts like, uh, well, it is a lot of questions. There's no doubt. Is he going to get credit for the 2021 draft? I mean, anyone could have selected Trevor Lawrence, right? I always felt like the Travis Etienne pick was an Urban Meyer pick. Because Urban was like, you know, I want Kadarius Tony, or I want this, or I, you know, I want the next Percy Harv. I, I just, I, I, felt, I may be wrong. Tyson Campbell was a pretty good pick, right? Outside of his first eight games, Walker Little, we're still waiting. Andre Sisco, a good pick. Didn't work out for Jay Tufeli, uh, Jordan Smith. Luke Farrell's been a solid pick. Fifth-round pick. 
Very little mention, but does his role. Chris Manhurts wasn't wasn't missed. Luke Farrell is a solid blocking tight end. And I haven't heard a lot of criticism towards him because there's been so much criticism on the offensive line. Maybe that's something that will be looked upon coming up down the road here. Final year of his rookie contract. Haven't heard that. You know, last year uh, or two years ago, yeah, it's um, all of a sudden now, it's it's up in the air in the middle, but it's looking like it's getting better. I mean, Trayvon Walker had a really good year. I know a lot of people don't want to admit that. He had a really good season. Uh, Devin Lloyd got better. Still lost at times. You know, he's, I don't know if he's giving you the late first round uh, production. I, I just, I, I wish he could trust his instincts a little bit more. I still think he's a good football player. And he's a veteran football player, kind of like Luke Fortner. They both came in as 24-year-olds out of Utah and Kentucky, respectively. I just said the combine, 20-21-year-olds. These two were 24-year-olds, taking advantage of the COVID rules. Luke Fortner's been a disappointment. Chad Muma has been a major disappointment. I mean, you've gotten, you've gotten nothing but start after start after start for Luke Fortner. He's just not a good player. Chad Muma's a wasted pick so far. So those are your third rounders. Fifth round of Snoop, gone. Yeah, their sixth and seventh round pick is interesting. Gregory Jr., there's a real chance there. And they cut him and brought him back. I believe he's a restricted. He's officially restricted, I want to say. And then you have Buster Brown. Buster Brown's one of only two guys who is under contract for the 2025 Jacksonville Jaguars in their cornerback room. So you know they're going to go heavily uh, in that direction in uh, in this year's draft uh, to try to go out and get themselves uh, some corners. Let, let me see this real quick. The heck did I do with it? I guess I lost it somehow. Uh, but I believe that is the deal with um, Gregory Jr. You know, then last year's draft, it's, it's too early. It is. It's it's too early. Anton Harrison was, I thought, a star. There's no doubt. He had a very good year. You know, others are going to bring up Brenton Strange, and they're going to bring up Tank Bigsby, and I get it, and that's fair. You should be able to do that. But, you know, my, my, only, my only comment there would be, don't be so quick to give up on these guys. You got a long offseason coming. I think you better hope that Brenton Strange and that Tank Bigsby uh, during the offseason have an opportunity to come back and really be competitors of this team. You know, you don't know about Ventrell Miller. You just don't know. He was injured, and that's the very same category as Cooper Hodges. Johnny Osher is telling us, is he going to be your starting right guard? All right, you're talking about a seventh-round draft pick who hasn't played. Appalachian State, selection 226 being talked about as a possible starting right guard. That would, be, that would be just fantastic if you could just plug and play him. But what, what's the certainty of that? Some of these late picks may end up being not okay. You know, Tyler Lacey, kind of just the guy as a rookie. You saw you see Abdul went to the bench. But then all of a sudden you look at sixth-round picks, fifth- and sixth-round picks, 
Antonio Johnson, a real possibility there. Parker Washington, a real possibility there. So, yes, he remains, no doubt about it, under fire when it comes to the draft. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Hacker Nation coming up right now on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I just found it right here. Gregory Jr. is an exclusive rights free agent. And the reason for that is he was cut and they re-signed him. Yeah, and so the Jaguars will have first opportunity there. Cooper Hodges, heard you talking about him. That'd be a great story. He's a local kid. Yeah. He's a Baker County kid, and that would be a, a great story. Um, talking about the draft class last year, I overheard the last part of your uh, of your thoughts. Um, so you're saying the draft class is kind of a more wait-and-see approach from you from the last, last draft? Yes, only because I believe Brenton Strange and Tank Biggs are going to end up being good players. That's fair. Uh, for one year, for me, it was an awful draft. But again, that's one year uh, when your second round pick commits more holding penalties and he has catches. That's a problem. <laughs> when your third round pick at running back fumbles the ball more than he had first down runs, that's a problem. In fact, I've had two guys on my show this week that say you could legitimately argue that Tank Bigsby was the worst running back in the NFL last year. Yeah, and it was such a surprise because he has such a great camp. But the other side of all of this is they got to make up their mind by May 2nd whether or not to pick up the fifth-year option of Travis Etienne. If Bigsby just has his head on straight and doesn't fumble the football and gets 100, 120, 150 carries, Tank Bigsby could be your starting running back by 2025. He could, and that's the crazy thing about Tank Bigsby. You were in that locker room all the time as well. I mean, you shake that guy's hand – that guy has a pair of paws on him, yet the problem and the concern I have is when they drafted him last year, I talked to people out at Auburn, and they said, great guy, great character, you're going to love him, but he fumbles the ball. That was the M.O. on him in college. He comes here to year one here in Jacksonville in the NFL, and what happened? Mm-hmm. He fumbles the ball. So he's a fumbler. It was happening in college. It happened in year one in the NFL, so... That's something that he has got to clean up, and he's got to clean it up this offseason. Yeah, major mysteries with Ventrell Miller, Yasir Abdullah, and Tyler Lacey. If you could get anything out of one of those, I mean, real positive stuff out of one of the three, I think they would take that. I loved watching Miller. He was all over the place at at Florida. We'll, We'll see if he gets that opportunity. Antonio Johnson and Parker Washington, those may be the two. You know, Washington could fit right into that role as being back up to Kirk and slot and be the return guy, and Antonio Johnson, if he can just stay healthy, he may he may be the starter this year if they say goodbye to Rayshon Jenkins. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. Johnson for Jenkins potentially, and Parker Washington, he may not be a starting wide receiver, but he's probably going to get Agnew's spot because I'm not sure if they re-sign Jamal Agnew, who's scheduled to become a free agent on March 11th. So I agree with you with Washington and with Johnson. The three defensive guys, I like Tyler Lacey. He played the most. Yasir Abdullah, I mean, the guy was a healthy scratch the last 10 weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. That's that's bad. Yeah. For a fifth-round pick right. to be a healthy scratch, there's no sugarcoating that. That is not good. Well, he was undersized. I mean, you got only three sacks from your backup ends, and yeah. you couldn't get on the field. Um, yeah, that that is scary. All right, what's up? A couple of guys that you know very well. Uh, Chad Forbes. You know I love having Chad on. I do. Love, yeah, he, uh, he likes to mix it up a little bit at NFL Draft Bites on Twitter. He's going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. And a former colleague of yours, Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News and Fox Sports, 
He will join us to talk a little March Madness coming up at 9 o'clock tonight. First time I ever did radio when I got to uh, Chicago in 2000 with uh, Mike DeCourcy and Peter Brown. It was March Madness, oh, and it was a lot of fun. He he, That man knows absolutely everything about college basketball. All right, enjoy that. Have a great night. Thanks, Rick. That's going to do it for us. Uh, appreciate John Osher joining us. Got a ton of stuff tonight on the text line. I do appreciate it. I don't check it now that the show is over. All right, uh, but you can get it, uh, you, your comments, so you can get to me anytime on Twitter. That's Baloo1010XL. Tomorrow we are with you from 6 until 8. Remember, Friday, 3 until 6. So that's the way it's going to be for the rest of the week. Thank you to RJ Saunders. My name is Rick Baloo. We'll talk Friday at 6 right here in your home of the Jags.